Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and in this podcast, we take a look at players and coaches that we believe have very bright futures in the game. In the last episode, we looked at Mads Bidstrup, a highly rated midfielder who spent the season out on loan at FC Nordschland in Denmark, on loan from Premier League overachievers Brentford. Today, though, we'll be moving from Europe to Africa to talk about a player who has been tearing it up at the Under-20s World Cup, a competition that we are watching very closely here at TFA. Having gone to the group stage unbeaten, drawing with South Korea, beating Honduras and surprisingly coming out on top versus France, one of the favourites to win the tournament, Gambia had an exceptional run at the Under-20s World Cup and there were some unbelievably gifted players on show by the young Scorpions, despite eventually bowing out to Uruguay in the first knockout round. Arguably the most impressive player for Gambia, though, has been the 19-year-old Adama Bojang, who is currently plying his trade with Steve Abiko in the Gambian Premier Division. Bojang has scored four goals in his last six appearances for the under-20s and has been killing it at the World Cup thus far. His impressive performances have garnered interest from the likes of Chelsea, Tottenham Hotspur and Napoli, among many other top European clubs, according to media reports. It is clear that Adama Bojang has a very bright future ahead and could make a move to a top club within a matter of weeks. And so we'd be doing you a disservice by not looking at the teenage sensation. In this podcast, we take a look at Bojang's strengths, weaknesses and style of play while also discussing his role with Gambia's under-20s, as well as where his future lies ahead of the upcoming summer transfer window. To scout the attacker in depth, I'll be joined by my co-host and TFA recruitment analyst, Brian Marquez, who has been keeping a close eye on the Under-20s World Cup, and Bojang in particular. Before we begin, though, please make sure to rate the podcast five stars, hopefully. It's greatly appreciated and helps us to grow the podcast and to get more and more excellent guests on and to get more and more ears on the podcast, too. So now, without further ado, let's get into our analysis of the forward by speaking to Brian. Brian, welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. How have you been? Actually, sorry, before you answer that, I, I just wanted to say a massive apologies if you hear my dog barking. He will not stop barking. And <laughs> he's been barking all day. And usually what happens is we'll get a knock early in the morning, say from the postman or a delivery driver brings something to the house and that'll set him off for the day. Like whenever he hears a noise, then he'll bark. It's just, it sets him off because he'd be grumpy. He's grumpy because he gets woken up out of sleep. So now he's just downstairs. <laughs> Barking out the window at nothing, at people, at children, anything he barks. So anyway, if the listeners hear the barks, I'm so sorry. I will do my very best yeah. to talk over it and drown it out. And I know Brian can hear it as well, so I I, don't, I would imagine the listeners can hear it too. So I'm I'm very sorry. Anyway, Brian, how have you been? Yeah, I've been good. But please, to the listeners, just understand us because we live in different continents. So we don't have a studio. Yeah. <laughs> and we have dogs and they... They they are going to bark. It's impossible to not make them bark. But I'm really good. I'm really excited about the player we're going to talk about today. And last post uh, episode of the podcast, you, you told me, and I agree with you, that this was the first African we have the podcast. And it isn't true because we had Victor Boniface. Yes, that's true. I think what I I main what I meant was though he's the first player that plays in Africa that we've done. I believe. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. sorry, Victor Boniface. Yeah, we've done Victor Boniface yeah. obviously with uh, in 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 Belgium. But yeah, I believe this is the first player from yeah, it's or in Africa. Definitely, that, yeah, that plays in Africa that we're doing. And I think, well, actually, I hope by the time this comes out, he hasn't moved yet. Because I know there's massive 
reports at the minute linking him with some of the biggest yeah. clubs in the world, such as Chelsea and Tottenham and Napoli as well. But so by the time this podcast comes out, maybe he's already gone to those clubs and that's irrelevant. But at the moment, he's still playing in Gambia. So I, he's the first player to be playing. And I forget that we're doing the uh, TFA Scout podcast on. And he's an incredibly, incredibly exciting player. The Under-20s World Cup was the first time that I watched him, Brian Adama Bojang, but arguably, and he, he was really impressive, to be fair. I mean, Gambia topped that group with Honduras, France, and, and yeah. South Korea too, which was quite surprising. But they, when you look at how they performed in the AFCON Under-20s, it perhaps wasn't that surprising. They reached the final. They did lose out in the end. I think it was 2 or 3-0. They lost in yeah, the final, nil, but yeah. he was phenomenal as well. And I watched a lot of the games because, well, Scout don't have any access to the Under-20s World Cup for some reason. So I had to watch the, <laughs> I had to watch the AFCON Under-20s. It was the only tournament they had available that I could actually yeah. watch footage of him from, from games that I didn't see live. So I couldn't go back and watch any uh, World Cup Under-20 games. So I had to watch the AFCON. But yeah, incredibly impressive. What stands out the most about Adama Bojang from what you watched or what you saw? Yeah, for me, well, I watched him the first time, the African, the, the under-20s, uh, African Asians, in in that cup, and he was amazing. You know, it, it was shocking because um, you expect nations such as Nigeria or, I don't know, Ivory Coast to be those kind of teams that go to the final and play so good and have this interesting young players, you know, in, in, in this kind of tournaments. But then you have Gambia, which it's not only Boeing, it's several players, but today we're talking about Boeing. Boeing, it's their center forward. He has, the first thing that stand out for me was his physicality. You know, uh, he's very imposing. His physical build is very imposing. He knows how to use it. And the way he holds up the ball, it, he's back to go play is really really good but i think to everyone that watches adama boyan in a full match the first really thing that stands out inside his game is how quick he's running in it's behind crazy isn't it i knew you were gonna crazy. say speed but he is rapid yeah he, he off the ball the way he detects those spaces and he attacks them aggressively trying to get the ball behind the defenders and into space, it, it's really, really good because you you just, you, you can be quick, you can have this rapid pace and all that, but the way he gets into the ball every time, like he makes the right movements into space to get the ball and several players, several strikers, wingers, make different types of movements you know like they are not always trying to penetrate the box with these movements they can go out wide and receive there to make a cross or get into a 1v1 situation but Boyang is a very aggressive player who every movement he does it's trying to penetrate the box get the ball and then trying to score and that is something really amazing to see in a striker because if you are a direct team and a vertical team, if you have this player making those unmarking moves into the box, you have a very good strength to exploit there. 
Mm-hmm. This is a really exciting time for Gambian football because there are some really exciting players in the Gambian under-20 side. And obviously, as we spoke about the Afghan tournament, they did incredibly well. They've done really well in this under-20s World Cup as well, although they have just been knocked out, I believe, two days ago to Uruguay. By the time this podcast comes out, though, it will have been maybe a week or two since then. But they were still really impressive and they surprised a lot of people. Obviously, we're talking about Adam Bojang, but as I said, there was you know, respectfully to Gambia, there weren't, there's not many standout Gambian players at the moment. You have the likes of Omar Kali, Musa Barrow, Mudo Barrow as well, but there's not many players that I want to say have reached the very top, top level. And I think Adama Bojang can, I know it's still early days, but considering the teams he's linked with, there are some, I mean, I said in the introduction, there was Chelsea, Spores, Napoli, a lot of other clubs too. We'll get on to his future in a moment though because it'll be an interesting topic of discussion for when we talk about maybe transfers he can go to because because I would imagine that he will move pretty soon, especially in the summer after those performances. One thing I want to talk about is his finishing, Bryant. Now, for this podcast, I want to make a disclaimer. Why Scout had access to five games, I believe, of Adama Bojang's career. They don't have any access to the Gambian Premier Division. They didn't have access to the FIFA under-20s World Cup. So I'm not going to use stats because his goals per 90 is 0.8, and it's not really a fair reflection of a player's career considering it was five, six games. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's, yeah, so it was five games. I think he scored in four of those five, and then his thing is 0.8. It's not really a fair reflection because it's, for obvious reasons, like, I mean, five games is a terribly low... um, it's a very small pool to, to to choose from. A sample size is the correct term, sorry. So, but anyway, I do want to talk about his finishing technique. What stood out a lot for me in terms of his actual prowess in the box was he has this really cool and strange ability to finish with while leaning back. I know that sounds a bit peculiar, but you know when, when you're coaching or when you were young and coaches would tell you, never lean back when you hit a ball because it goes too high. You see at the top level now, some player will go to take a long shot from outside the box, but they'll lean him back and they'll sky the ball over the bar. He has this really weird ability to lean back while he's hitting a shot. Now, he doesn't do it all the time, but he can do, and it's quite reminiscent of, and again, I'm not comparing him to this player, but I'm just comparing the technique. It reminds me a lot of when, you know when prime Cristiano Ronaldo would run through on goal? He had that weird ability to kind of lean back and poke the ball through the goalkeeper. Does that make sense if I explain that well? No, that makes sense. That makes sense for me. And I and I think it's something you, if you're very into the details of his game style, you're going to watch it. But the thing that really stood out for me in his finishing, in this case, for, for Boyan, is how quick he, like, he executes the shots, you know, how quick... Yeah. His leg gets into the ball and he just makes a rapid shot. Is something um, Mason Greenwood did really well when he made his first appearances. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the quick way he execute the shots and the, how rapid his leg was to to execute this the shots was amazing. And this goes. Um, this you know ability to quickly shot and his ability to go in behind very aggressive to receive the ball into the box is a two tools 
that he knows how to use and it's amazing because you normally have players that are out of time making runs in behind or they're not that aggressive to make the runs or when they make the runs they slow down a bit and give one touch or more to mm -hmm. shot and I think it was one goal against um, South Sudan or South Sudan yeah it was that was actually yeah, if Sudan. you watch if you watch his appearance so from the few I watched of the under 20s that was live and the the games I watched replayed obviously on White Scout uh, at the on the 20s AFCON tournament. The South Sudan game was by far his most impressive appearance to date. He was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, he scored three goals in that one. And, and, and his playmaking too. Every, his all-round yeah. was spectacular. Yeah, and the first goal is a chip ball over the defense, and he made a really good shot, but it, it was the technique, you know, mm -hmm. he used. And... It, it was really good one in, in his first touch um, when he's going to shot how quick he again how quick he takes the shot because that is one of his best abilities and it, it, it was one of the things that really stood out for me and I think Adam and I know I don't know about you what you think but Boyang is not only a player who can run in behind and take shots in this way yeah well what I do want to sorry I just want to make a point on before we yeah talk about other stuff in terms of his running in behind it's not so much for me the speed and the ability to run in behind which is great because he plays a lot on the last shoulder of the defender and he makes those runs behind which is obviously massively beneficial for attacking the depth especially if the opposition's back line is very high but for me it's the anticipation so apologies I can't remember the opposition they played against but there was one example where a ball was lumped over the top he ran in behind and there was a very little chance he'd get there but he kept running so the goalkeeper was coming out. It looked like he was had the ball or else the defender would come in and clear it. There was very little chance that Bojang would actually latch onto that pass. But he kept running. He kept going because he anticipated if something did go bad or something did go wrong, he'd be there. And it did because the, the pitch was quite cut up. So what happened was the ball went over the top. The keeper came out. It actually kind of was killed by the a piece of cut up grass because of the way the pitch was. It wasn't in great condition. But the ball kind of, the trajectory of the ball kind of bounced back and the keeper had came out. The ball had spun back towards Bojang and the keeper thought, crap, I'm way too far out here. And then Bojang, I think it was on a half volley, just kind of skimmed it into the net and it was a brilliant goal. Again, I don't remember the the team he played. Maybe it was South Sudan, I can't remember. But the, anticip the anticipation of actually getting to that ball was what was really impressive to me. The finish was great too, but the fact that there was such a little chance of him getting to that ball, but he still made that run, still knowing that something could go wrong, is what was more impressive to me. Because that's what makes a top-level centre-forward, is being in the position at the right time, of course, but also anticipation, because something will yeah. go wrong. Like you know, You see it all the time, if a player takes a shot, and the keeper palms it out and there's no one there. That really aggravates me. And a top-level centre-forward would have ran in there because they'll have anticipated that the keeper might spill the ball. Okay, there's a small chance, but he might have done. And then you're there for the rebound. You're there to tap it in. Harry Kane is a great example of that. He's one of the best in the world at doing it. Um, Erling Haaland, of course, as well. So, yeah, I, th I think that was really impressive to me. But in terms of your the, the topic you raised about he's not just great running behind, you're right, he's also quite good at... We'll talk about dropping deep in a minute, but... There were examples where he 
challenge for an aerial ball and inflict it on for another runner in behind. And this is yeah. the question I wanted to ask you. Do you think he's better at playing that more target man role or the role of a player running in behind? Because there was examples in the games at the AFCON 20s and the uh, World Cup under 20s where he was challenging for aerial balls and then the wingers would run in behind and he'd flick it on to them. But there was also examples yeah. where he'd run in behind from a flick on. So we can do both. But what do you think suits him more? Do you think he suits being the that runner in behind? Do you think he, he could play a bit more of that target man role? You know, I think we have to, to see him more in the way of how he's going to improve his finishing. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we have to see him regularly finishing in front of goal and all that because we are only seeing him in these tournaments. And it's obviously not the same. And I think we are going to see Boyang soon. I think next season he's going to play at Europe, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know where, but I think he's going to play at Europe and we are going to see him regularly there. But I really think he can play both roles but I specifically want him to want to see him constantly playing as an in-behind center forward. But that doesn't get away the fact that he's really solid, looking for that, for challenging that long balls and winning it. Like he jumps so well and he uses his physicality and the way he flicks the ball to his teammates is really good. Not only uh, to flick it forward, as well, it's intelligent to, to to play the ball with a teammate in front of him, and then he makes the run in behind, or and his wingers are as well making the run. And I really think he the the same tireless attitude he shows running for the ball, trying to force the mistake, and all that he shows when he's challenging and an aerial duel because he he wants the ball he. He wants to help his team. He made the right jumps and at the right time. And that is really good to mm -hmm. to see in a player because you can you just can only run in behind and then when you are um, tasked for another things, you are going to be a bit poor and a bit lost in the field. But he offers uh, several things that are really really interesting to play him in different roles. And that, that is really amazing to see. He has played on the left wing before. Yeah. Uh, I know that. Yeah. So I know that he can play on the, on the flanks, but for me, I think he's much better suited as a center forward. The problem is, in my opinion, at least when he moves to, I would imagine it's going to be Europe very soon. He might not, be a starting centre-forward at a club, he might be shoehorned out to the left. Do you think that that would hinder him or help him? Do you think it's maybe best that... Because I know when, when when a lot of young players come through, that's what happens to them. You know, like Thierry Henry yeah. started as a left-winger. and You know, I'm not comparing the players. I'm just saying in terms of roles. He started as a left-winger, moved centrally. Even defenders like Sergio Ramos was a full-back and then eventually moved into the middle. A lot of centre-forwards start on the wings to learn their trade and then become a centre-forward because that spine of goalkeeper, central defender, number six and centre-forward, it's so, so hard as a youngster to break into that spine because usually you have yeah. your most experienced players or your best players in those positions. So even like look at Julian Alvarez or Julian Alvarez, apologies, mm. has sometimes played on the left or sometimes as a second striker. He hasn't, he's played as a number nine too, but Haaland's been the main number nine, you know, whereas in yeah. Argentina, he was the main number nine. 
I don't want to jump like straight into weakness, but it, the thing is the examples we are looking for and the examples we are normally knowing and watching that are playing on the left wing and not center forward, like, I don't know, Darwin Nunez, mm-hmm. Diogo Schott as well. Um, the same Terry Henry is the, for me, is the technical quality, you know? Yeah. And this could be a stressful times for Boyan when he joins a European team because as he's fast and he's powerful, maybe uh, the team he signed for, and I really didn't don't want to see this, maybe he's going to play as a left wing, yes. And I really want, to, want him to see in his best position. But when you are a young player, normally the first, this is the majority of cases, obviously there are some cases that doesn't happen in this way, but normally when you are making your debut, your first appearances, you play in different positions, you know? Mm-hmm. And we, we, you can see several type of players like center forwards playing on the wings midfielders playing on the wings as well it's a vast of things you have to leave as a youngster to make a spot yourself into the team and even when you see Boyang um, I don't see him fitting as a left wing and maybe that could that could like I, I don't think he that should stop his evolution in the game mm-hmm. instantly, but I think progressively it's because I don't think he has the abilities to play constantly 90 minutes or 70 minutes as a left winger, you know? Yeah, do you think maybe now with his current skills that he can, but do you think if he moves to a side in Europe where he'll have, you know, without being disrespectful, a much better, much better coaching do you think that he could develop that skill to be able to play as a, uh, on the left because again most teams will play with one center forward in Europe there's a couple of yeah there's a couple of outliers like Brentford will play with a two but but for the most part or even at that Brentford sometimes play play 433 especially against lesser opposition but against the big teams they play 532 and they have to go up top but most teams will play with one up top so it's going to be incredibly difficult for them to break into a top side, especially as a centre forward. So I think maybe developing a skill set on the wing with better coaching could be beneficial too. I'm just looking at it from a more positive standpoint. I do agree with your point though that right now, I don't think he's that good as a winger. You know, but uh, at football, the thing is to find the best role in this moment. And you, you it, they can exist. It... it there are roles that exist out there that can fit Boyan as a left winger. You know, the one that um, Liverpool, for example, uses yeah. for Darwin Nunez, like to make him available to run into space and yeah. free and to take the center forward spot is a really good one. But if you take the example uh, of, I don't know, Thierry Henry, he was a really technical player, you know, he was able to appear in the half spaces, touching the ball and all that. And I'm not calling Boyang a player with poor technique, but his technique for me is specific in a way, mm-hmm. like to to drop off uh, a little bit of his line and touch the ball and like to give this 
fast and quick touches to the ball, not to be a long ball retainer. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. As I said, I don't think his skill set right now was probably suited to playing on the wing. I think, as you said, and I, I'm not sure we touched on this, you just mentioned it there, but he does drop deep quite a lot as well to receive yeah. the lines. And it's quite impressive. But again, he doesn't dilly-dally on the ball or he doesn't stall on the ball. It's, he will take a touch and he'll move it pretty quickly. And then when he does, he's he's running in behind then straight away because he constantly likes to stretch that back line and, and attack the depth in behind. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting to see that development, especially if he does get a move during the summer. One thing as well I want to say in terms of, I don't want to call this an area to improve. It was similar to uh, David Martinez when we talked about him a couple of weeks ago at Monegas in Venezuela. He sometimes can do movements that aren't spotted or aren't found by teammates. So there was one example. Again, I can't remember the team they played. Apologies, I watched so much footage of them. <laughs> all the all the footage is getting mixed up. The only game I remember was South Sudan because he was so dominant in it. But the, the rest of them, it's a bit, it's a bit of a grey area for me. But there was one game where he was playing a one-two with a player, and the obvious pass was to slip it back into him, and he had perfectly positioned his body to receive on the left. And what he was trying to do was receive that reverse ball from the the this teammate take a touch with his left to kind of push it a bit forward and then he'd hit it with his right because he's able yeah. to do that so quickly but what happened was he laid it off the player couldn't get it out of his feet quick enough and then by the time he tried to the ball was 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 intercepted or it was tackled by the opposition which I found there was a, a number of cases where it happened or a number of runs that he made in behind that weren't found where the ball was too short or, or just think little things like that and again without being disrespectful to the quality of the players he had around them, I think Gambia have a really, really good side, especially if they're under-20s, with a lot of high-potential players, and Bojang is probably head of that table. But I, I think it was just a little bit frustrating because there was a lot of really good stuff he was doing that wasn't being found. And I would imagine you'll see that come out even further if he moves to wherever he moves, whether it be a top side or a side where he actually will come up through the the ranks and, and develop as a player before he just jumps straight into a league. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I think he's going to jump straight into, into a, a big league in Europe. But I, I think obviously the team context is one thing to see because it's not the same thing that when watching him at, at Gambia and, you know, obviously no disrespect to, to the under 20s is a really good team mm -hmm. uh, really good players even players playing at Bayern Munich or Slavia Prague as well but there are some moments when he had to receive the ball in a better position and he didn't and, but this makes him a really special player because to stand out in that way he has in a team context that doesn't give him the majority of passes in a good mm -hmm. position or they return him the ball well or all that it's really crazy you know but when, when you're that type of player that stand out everywhere in a, in a any, any context it's really good you know you, you don't depend on yeah. any, well, on, on, on players around or something like that and he can well, one thing i really like is how cl when he's close to the box 
how when he receives the ball, he is aggressive to change his pace and try to penetrate it. Mm-hmm. But as well, I think one of the weaknesses he ha- he has is when he tries to drive the ball. You know the decisions he takes, like to the the direction of his runs, and sometimes, mm-hmm. and this can be in his driving and when he's dropping down. Sometimes his first touch is a bit heavy. Yeah. Well, what I do want to talk about now is, as we touched upon, kind of the next step for Adama Bojang, because like the likelihood is that he will move in the summer, and there's a lot of interest from some top European clubs. But I just want to say, because while we're here, I have, uh, not breaking news, it was reported a few hours ago, but uh, Yankuba Minte is is joining Newcastle, uh, apparently Ooh, for according amazing. yeah well, according to Richard Romano that it's seven million uh, euro and his medical will take place soon is what the report is saying. So with that in mind, and and Minte is is Gambian of course, and uh, but with that in mind, yeah. and and he was an uh, Steve Bicko's academy product as yeah. well as boy, um, of course he's with Odense now, but he well he. Is joining Newcastle, yeah. so that's uh, you have a, a Gambian player going to to a top Premier, to Premier literally a Champions League club now. I mean, they're a Champions League club now officially. Um, so where do we see where do we see Adama Bojan going? Because at the moment, and I want to put a disclaimer as well, or, or just drop a piece of information. There's interest from Chelsea, according to reports. There's interest from Tottenham, and there's yeah, interest Tottenham abroad and... from clubs such as Napoli, etc. The problem is, yeah, Premier Wolves League, as well. Yeah, the problem is with Premier League clubs. If you didn't know already. If they were to sign Adama Bojang, he would need to be loaned out. I yeah. don't. He's not able to play with them because he needs to gain a work permit. Now, a number of players have had this issue in recent times. Ahmad Diallo, when he moved from Atlanta to Manchester United, had this issue as well. Uh, I'm. I wouldn't be overly. I mean, I'm sure there's someone better placed to tell me the reasons why. I believe it's something to do with Brexit. It may do again. I could be wrong there, so don't quote me on that. But anyway, they, they have to acquire a work permit. So if he was to move to a Premier League club, he would need a work permit. I'm not sure how Minte's situation works, whether he's going to be loaned out now to gain a work permit or whether he's able to join the squad because he's no, a little, I think, little I, bit older than Bojang. Yeah, I think um, Minte have to, have to go out on loan because obviously yeah. the GB uh, thing and the, the, you know, the point system that mm-hmm. England has right now, it's a little bit difficult for some players and... I think he's going to be out on loan, but the thing here is where we see, um, yeah, even Fabrizio Romano has told in Twitter that Minte and Newcastle are working on their work permit issue because obviously he he, he doesn't. Uh, well, there you go. Like, so obviously, I don't know. would have to get a work permit too, which he does. He needs to get a work permit if he joins a Premier League club. So in your opinion, exactly. do you think he Some should team. go? He should go to a Premier League club because. I understand that the there is interest there, and there will be such a uh, an inkling for him to go to the Premier League. Of course, you know it's where all a lot of the top players are, and he'll want to be there. And and as Lee Scott always says, and it, it, he's right, he believes that every player believes they can make it at the top level. So when you think yeah. like, why did that? Why did this player go here when he's not going to get played? Lee always has a theory that players believe, believe in themselves. So that's exactly, why they go yeah. there. So they think they'll break through, even though a small percentage of them, only a small percentage of them do it. So if yeah. you're advising 
Adama Bojan, mm-hmm. where are you telling him to go? Are you telling him to go to the Premier League? Maybe a Brighton or, you know, I see, you see yeah, Chelsea. Maybe, maybe this this kind of context will suit him better than go to Chelsea or go to Tottenham or something yeah. like that because we have seen what these teams, loaning out players, does to the players. You know, they are a bit lost in some years and then they can get a quality season and then they are sold and this kind of things really stop the evolution of a young player, you know? Mm. And I think if he, I think he can go to the Premier League. He has the talent, he has the potential and this kind of players that appears in, in these tournaments are something different, you know? And even more when he's at Gambia in a team that uh, has shocked Africa and now the, at the World Cup and he's a special player, you know? as well as Jakuba Minte, which is joining Newcastle and which has to be an option to, to talk about in the TFA podcast, one of my the favorite uh, young players out there. But I think Bojan can go to the Premier League in this kind of context, you know, like Brighton Wolves or something like that, that they could work in their work permit and they are really good, like um, loaning out players, especially yeah. Brighton. But I think maybe if a team like in Italy or Germany, especially Germany, does it need um, to be a com- top five league? Because like, yeah, it, when it you look, doesn't at, need to be obviously. Yeah, when you look it, at the it, amount of players that come through with, like, say, the Allsvenskan exactly. or Danish Super League, yeah. for instance, in Norway, and then are even in the Eredivisie in, in the Netherlands. Like, I understand they're not as appealing as a Chelsea and a, I was going to say Spurs and Napoli. Even uh, I understand they're not as appealing as those clubs, but. You will get played. You will develop, and ultimately, game time is what yeah. you need right now. Like I, and you're going to yeah. get good quality of coaching too. But you need game time. Yeah, exactly. How many times have we seen players go to clubs like Chelsea and they don't get played? Chelsea have again. Exactly. I, I mean, I mean this in the most respectful way possible. Chelsea have got themselves in trouble in the past as well for farming, what we will call farming of young players, of buying a lot of young players or bring them up through the academy, etc., loaning them to Vitesse Arnhem for, for 10 years. I mean, look at Luca, Luca, Lucas Piazza, probably the best example of that. I mean, he was at Chelsea for a long time on yeah, like 10 Ginkel loans. Well. Yeah, Van yeah, Ginkel as well. Like, you know, is a club like that the best place for him to go now? I, I'm I, I'm aware that it's he will probably want to go. I can't speak for him, obviously, but I imagine it's quite tempting to go there. But is it really what's best for him? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, like, and, does he have to go to a top five league? Is my is my it, point. For me, it doesn't have to go to a top five league. You can look at I don't know, Gift Orban going yeah. to Genk with some options at top five leagues, and now he's scoring goals, and now he he has told the world like, okay, I'm prepared because I'm scoring goals, and at Belgium, and Belgium has really raised their level. I can see at Mitoma, for example, mm-hmm. and we talk um, weeks before about Hugo Larsson. You know that. When you get this, but he's going to Eintracht of, Frankfurt now as well. Yeah, he's going to to Eintracht Frankfurt. We talk about that in the in the in the podcast. But when you talk about these players that already have interest from these teams, you as a young player, you just you just cannot get out of your mind that these teams are behind you, you know, mm-hmm. and take a decision to go to another team. It it, it could be so scary, you know. But as yeah. well, both of them are, are scary because going to the Premier League is scary. And you, you know, you know inside that you can explode and 
didn't get to the to the level, but it's obviously scary. And I will be happy to see him in a mid-table team of the top five leagues to see him how he does, especially in Germany or outside, like Belgium, mm-hmm. Sweden, even Portugal. That is really that Portugal uses this type of center forward really commonly. So I I really think I'm I'm really uh, interested in in Adam Boyan and how his future is going to be because he's a really special player and I really want him to be in a good situation. Yeah, and look, I mean, a lot of Premier League clubs are doing their business early. Uh, clearly, Newcastle have already, have already started. So by the time this podcast comes out, because we'll have recorded one episode, it's going to be going out uh, on the Tuesday, of course, and then this episode will be out the following Tuesday. So it's not going to be out for another 10, 10 11 days. By then, he might have moved because the reports are out right now as of this week, because of his performances at the Under-20s World Cup. So he may have moved by the time this podcast is out, of course. So if it does, I I, I apologise. I hope you take uh, some sort of... Well, I hope if he goes to a club like Chelsea, well, then our points are still relevant, obviously, because I will have made our feelings clear, I suppose, on, on the issue of him going to a club like that. But I am really interested to see where Adama Bojan goes from here. A really exciting player with a massive future ahead of himself, and I hope... The next step for his career is 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 the right one, and I I'm looking forward to seeing what that is, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops as a player. And Brian, I want to thank you for coming on. I I've really enjoyed this episode talking about Adama Bojang, and to all the listeners at home, I hope you enjoyed as well. Make sure to tune in on Friday for another regular episode of the TFA podcast. Also, make sure to rate the podcast too and share it with your followers, friends, and family, as it really helps us to grow. Thank you all for listening, and goodbye for now.